you have your Bibles, did you open up to Proverbs chapter 30 tonight? Proverbs 30. There's incredible wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. How many love the book of Proverbs? Read through it. Just drink in the wisdom. Such insight and understanding. And so applicable to our lives Proverbs chapter 30, verses 24 to 28, it reads, There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no kings, have no king, yet go they forth, all of them, by their bands. And the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. Four creatures are mentioned here in the Word of God. Ants, conies, and if you're wondering what that is, it's a species of rock rabbit, probably the hyrax. Locusts, grasshoppers, and the spider. Four creatures, the Bible is bringing to us as examples, putting in the Word and detailing specific things about these creatures that we can glean understanding in our life, both naturally and spiritually. Tonight we aren't so much focusing on the type of creature, but rather the lesson the Word of God is aiming to teach. We live in a world that tends to admire bulk, tends to admire size, beauty, strength, the outward, the big thing, the grand. Verse 24 begins, there be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Four creatures that might just be overlooked. Four creatures that don't get the recognition. Four creatures that aren't thought much of. But here the Word of God lays them out for us, names them for us, to give us an example and to give us understanding, to give us truth that we can apply to our life. When we read in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, the Lord sending Samuel to anoint a young king. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, it's not that God doesn't care at all about the outward appearance, but it's not his primary focus. The Lord is looking at wisdom and conduct, the industry and application, characters that deserve respect. We should not overlook the little upon the earth. Let that sink in tonight. Let that take root. The little things that so often sometimes get overlooked and that we pass over, that we don't give the credit that they rightfully deserve. We're not really thinking of them. There's not much thought given to them. But the Word is telling us that we should not overlook the little. And here these four, 
are called exceedingly wise. Look at the ant, for instance, and admire the work of the Creator just as much as we would in gazing upon a lion. See, the lion might get the recognition, but what about the ant? Something small, and we're drawing application out of the Word tonight. Sometimes we overlook these things. In our eyes, they seem small. Oftentimes, we don't even notice the ants unless we're looking at the ground or they're crawling up our legs. Our primary text, verse 24, the voice reads, There are four creatures on the earth that are small, but they are very wise, and we can learn from them. Number one tonight, ants. Proverbs 30, verse 25, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever stopped and watched ants, but they are a people of work and preparation. They're always working. They're always preparing. They're always carrying. Ants can carry weight, weight they shouldn't be able to carry in comparison to their size. So what's the Word of God trying to teach us? Proverbs 6.6, 6, it says, Go to the ants, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The voice Bible reads, Take a lesson from the ant, you who love leisure and ease. Observe how it works and dare to be just as wise. Dare to be that wise that we are those of industry that we're working, that we're laboring. You see, the ant labors and knows no want. The Lord is calling us to be a people of work and preparation. And this applies naturally and spiritually. God's calling us to work naturally, and we know spiritually as well. And the two are one. It's not that we separate the two and have secular and sacred, but it's all to the glory of God. And so we're called to be like the ant and to work, to be a people of industry. You know, we may look at our lives tonight and consider ourselves to be a people not strong, little upon the earth. But with the wisdom and the power of the Creator on our side working in us and through us, what can be accomplished is nothing less than miraculous. We can carry weight we shouldn't be able to carry with the Lord on our side. We look at tasks given to us. It may seem too much to carry, but with the Lord, we are able. Pressures or trials that come our way that we have to sometimes carry the Lord carries with us, but we carry some things in this life, but we're able to carry weight far beyond what we should be able to carry in comparison to our size because we have the Lord. We can accomplish far greater work because we have the Lord than we ever could on our own. Are we considering the ant? Are we observing the example tonight? Do we dare to be just as wise? You see, the ant doesn't sit around and wait for others to collect for it. Let others work and prepare. Sometimes we can fall into that pattern. We're waiting for others to work and collect. We could apply this spiritually tonight. Sometimes we're waiting for others to work and collect for the church. We can stroll in and experience the glory of God and We've done very little to help it out, to prepare the way. Sometimes we're waiting for others in the natural just to give us a handout all the time because we enjoy leisure and ease. 
when the Lord's calling us to be a people that work. It's been said, man who stand on hill with mouth open will wait long time for roast duck to drop in. How good is that? I actually read that in the dentist's office this morning. I thought, perfect. And isn't that true? It's like, I get the picture. There are some people standing around waiting with their mouth open for a roast duck to drop in. Someone else to put it in their mouth for them. Someone else to go and shoot it, kill it, cook it, do all the work, prepare it, and just come and just give it to you. Rather than doing the work, you see, there's joy in the labor. And when we've labored and we've accomplished, there's such, such joy that comes. This sense of accomplishment. We have verses like 2 Thessalonians 3.10. It reads, for even when we're, we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. See, the God... Of our relationship, of our, we could call it religion, of our life is calling us to be a people that work. We should be an example of work as Christians, not those that just enjoy leisure and ease, but those that are laborers. You know, we can learn a lot from the ant, storing up food in the summer so when seasons come, where food seems scarce, we will not lack. A people of work and preparation. Number two tonight, conies. Proverbs 30, verse 26, it says, The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. And here it is, under this point tonight, we be wise to make our houses in the rocks. Or in the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock, and he is the proper habitation for the Christian. Not in something else, not in some man-made way or system, but it's in Jesus Christ that we're building everything in the rock. We're building our relationships in the rock. We're building our financial structure in the rock. We're building our calling, our ministry, our occupation, our business in the rock. We're building churches in the rock. He's the proper habitation. Psalm 61, verse 2, it reads, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There's a rock that's higher than all of us. And we be wise to build our houses in the rock. See, when the Lord is our habitation, we are well guarded. We are sheltered and we're supported. We could remind ourselves here of the man who built his house on the rock and the man who chose the sand. The man who built on the rock, his house remained, and the Bible calls him wise. We be wise. That's the wisdom of the Lord that we would build our homes in the rock, build our houses in the rock. And I ask tonight, if we made our home, our houses in the rock, are there certain things that we're building on sand? Certain things in our lives that we've built in another place rather than in Christ Jesus. Everything is called to find its habitation in Him, to be built in Him. We might not be much, we may be little, but if we make our houses in the rock, no matter what, we're going to make it. 
We know Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 37, it's not on the Bible behind me, but in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No matter what we face, if we build our house, if we build our home in the rock, we're going to make it. I hope we have this kind of wisdom and that we choose this. You know, it might be harder to build your life into the rock sometimes than on the sand. It might not be your choice of location. You like the beach living. And the rock seems a little further away. But that's what God's calling us to because he knows that's the safest place. That's the place where we are well guarded and we do find shelter and protection. That's where we're supported. Number three tonight, locusts. Proverbs 30, verse 27. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth, all of them by bands. And here, the Lord is speaking to us concerning unity. Unity is extremely important. It's actually a big deal. It's a big deal to God that there be proper unity. The locusts go forth like an army, an army in good order, distributed into ranks. There is amazing strength in unity. What on its own may seem little is anything but little in unity. See, when the people of God get together and they unite themselves under God, something miraculous happens. But when there's disunity, we have a problem. We have a lot of problems. Unity is not some foreign concept to the Christian. The Bible speaks to us time and time again concerning unity. And if this is such an important thing to God and such an important thing that we function in this way, how many know the enemy's going to come to break it down? The enemy comes, one that loves division, he comes to spawn division, he comes to use division, he comes to insinuate division. Sometimes it isn't even really there, but he insinuates it, and then all of a sudden there is division. And he comes to plunder in division. See, God knows the power of unity. Even the world recognizes the power of unity. That a team that gets together is stronger. An army that's together is stronger. A people that are together, they're stronger. We need to be like the locusts that were those that love unity. The message reads, locusts, leaderless insects, yet they strip the field like an army regiment. See, we need unity in the church. We need unity in our homes. We need unity in our families and so on. Everywhere we need unity. We need unity with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, true? Not disunity. See, the enemy even comes to try and breed or spawn disunity between us and the Lord. Maybe insinuate that he's really not looking out for you like you think he should. Or that he's not leading you properly. Or he's not working everything out. 
We know Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. See, I don't know why we don't like unity. Why we wouldn't love unity, why we wouldn't contend for it and fight for it and guard it. Because the Word is telling us that when there's unity, there's God's commanded blessing, and the results are miraculous. It's amazing how sometimes the smallest little thing can just cause a breach. Tiniest little thing, we just allow it to eat away at us, and the enemy, just to keep pointing it out. How quickly a church can crumble, how quickly a marriage can fall apart, how quickly best friends can become BFFs no more. How quickly, true, it's just, it's amazing. One day, what's been built for years and decades can just be broken in one day, in one conversation. That's how poisonous and harmful disunity is. It's incredible how quickly things can die. But where there's unity, God commands his blessing. God's commanded blessing. What do you want God's commanded blessing? I think we all do. We're responsible for our own piece of the unity. It's not up to somebody else to be your unity, if you know what I'm saying. It's up to you to fall in line, give your life and surrender to God's perfect process. Number four tonight, spider. Proverbs 30, verse 28, the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. Matthew Henry's commentary reads this, the spider, an insect, but as great an instance of industry in our houses as the ants are in the field. Spiders are very ingenious in weaving their webs with a fineness and exactness such as no art can pretend to come near. They take hold with their hands and spin a fine thread out of their own bowels with a great deal of art. They are not only in poor men's cottages but in king's palaces, notwithstanding all the care that is they're taken to destroy them. Providence wonderfully keeps up with those kind of creatures. I love that. Not only which men provide, not for, but which every man's hand is against and seeks the destruction of. Those that will mind their business and take hold of it with their hands shall be in king's palaces sooner or later. They will get preferment and may go on with it, notwithstanding the difficulties and discouragements they may meet. If one well-spun web be swept away, it is but making another. How many have gone and you've cleaned away the web and you come back and you're like, what in the world? You didn't get the spider. One web swept away. They keep going. We can learn. Right here. Are we like the spider, an instance of industry, productiveness, diligence? Activity, the fineness and exactness of the spider's web, 
It's an incredible thing to watch a spider spin a web. It's unbelievable. The art that is there. A fine thread spun out of our own bowels, out of the inside of us. It's not of us, but it's the Spirit of God alive in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, it's the divine ability of the Creator. And if some well-spun web gets swept away for whatever reason, there we are industrious immediately making another. Not packing it in. Not calling it quits. I wonder how many webs get swept away and yet the spider weaves on. The spider continues. You see, sometimes things that are well-spun and are good get swept away. Are we going to pack it in? All that work, all that effort? Or are we going to continue on and weave on? How many believers give up weaving? Something gets swept away, and so they give up weaving, and they cage the creative power of God inside of them. They no longer weave. It's over. Disappointment comes because it was swept away. Something was taken away for whatever reason. You know, we may be little, but with God on the inside, we can do incredible things. And what can come out of us is nothing short of divine art. Can you let that sink in tonight? You see, God wants to weave. He wants you to weave. He's given you creative power and creative energy. He's on the inside. Produce something beautiful for his glory. And sometimes beautiful things get swept away, don't they? That's the truth. That's the way life is. But are we going to give up or are we going to press on and continue to weave to the glory of God? Verse 24, the voice reads, There are four creatures on earth that are small, but they are very wise. And we can learn from them. Let's have the worship team return tonight. There's a lot of wisdom here tonight. These few verses that we can apply to us. And I just want to ask tonight, are we a people of work and preparation? The truth is, you know if you are or not. Am I a person of work and preparation? And I would even go so far as to say we should be like David and cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you think? Am I a person of work and preparation? Because sometimes it's easy for us to pat ourselves on the back, isn't it? Say, I'm industrious, I work, I'm productive. When asked tonight, are we carrying weight beyond what should be our ability? I hope we are. See, that's the miraculous Christian life. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's the Holy Spirit with us, giving us strength beyond our own strength. Might and power beyond our own might and power. Able to carry things, carry others sometimes, carry kingdom work, carry the gospel out in the world where it's maybe a little hard, where it weighs a lot, where it weighs on us. I want to ask tonight if we made our houses in the rock, and you know whether you've made your house in the rock. 
and not just the room, but the whole thing. That it's really in there. We've taken the time and we've surrendered. Don't pick beach life living. Foolish man built his house on the sand. The wise man built his house on the rock. I want to ask tonight, how's the unity? How's the unity? We're responsible for our party unity. How's the unity? We talk about the church. How's our unity with the church? How's our unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ? How's our unity to the vision and the mandate? How's our unity with our leaders and with our peers? How's the unity with our parents or our brothers and our sisters? Or how's the unity in our homes? How's the unity in our marriages, our relationships? How's our unity with God? How's our unity with the Bible, with the Word? Is there disunity or is there unity with it? How's our unity with prayer life, with the worship experience and pouring out our heart unto God? How's the unity tonight? See, unity is extremely important. Where there is unity, there is God's commanded blessing. If you want to see some commanded blessing of God in your life, you need to sow into unity. (laughs) And you need to hold to unity and not push it away so easily and give it up so easily. Many of us just let go of it way too, way too easily. And a lot of times over simple, simple things. Trivial things. Walk into church and you're all full of unity. And I mean, this is actually how silly it can be sometimes. The next week, somebody doesn't comment on your new hair and so you're ticked off. We say, well, that's not true, but It actually is crazy how little things like that eat away at people. Didn't get acknowledged or whatever. Well, come in. Start acknowledging somebody else. Breed unity. Breed unity. Are we those that breed unity or are we just sitting by like the man on the hill with our mouth wide open waiting for the roasted duck of unity to fall into our mouth? Or are we at work creating unity? You understand what I'm saying? It's easy to sit around. I've had a lot of conversations with people. We need to create community and do all this stuff. And then you see them and they beeline out the door or they don't talk to anybody or they don't invest. It's like, what are you waiting for? Be a solution. Right now, all you are is a pest. Like, let's work at it together. Create the unity and hold to it. Sometimes we're waiting for somebody else to start. But why not you? Why not me? Why don't we take the initiative? Let's not be those that are always looking for somebody else to do the work. And I want to encourage us tonight because I believe there might be some people here and you're looking at your life and you're discouraged with what is being produced. I'd encourage you to call on the life of God inside of you and begin to weave out of that. Begin to weave with divine thread. And if we're discouraged tonight because something well spun has been swept away, let's take a lesson from the spider and go on making another. Let's weave on to the glory of God. I hope we can receive the wisdom from the word tonight. Might seem like a simple thing just to name four creatures and maybe it seems silly to some but there's such wisdom 
And God wouldn't put it on the pages of Scripture if He didn't want us to read it and take in the understanding. Let's stand tonight. We're just going to lift up this song. Why don't you just tonight commit, say, Lord, I want to be like the ant. I want to be one that works. I want to be one that producing. I want to be one that's carrying weight. I want to be one that's storing up, collecting. I want to be like the rock rabbit or the coney. I want to be like that. I want to be one that builds my house in the rock. Maybe that's you tonight. Just commit. Just say, Lord, all the days of my life, I want my house in the rock. You know, some people, they dislodge their home and they put it on a flatbed and carry it off somewhere else. But it's meant to stay there. That's the proper habitation for the Christian for all days. And so I hope we're like that. And tonight, maybe we need to cry out, and we all do. I know I do. We all have to because it's a continual battle in our lives. Lord, I want to be like the locust. I want to be in unity. I want to stay in unity. I don't want any hindrance or distraction. I don't want anything to pull me away from the good work of God. I don't want my eyes to go somewhere else or be gleaning and looking to another field. But God, you've given me this field. And so, Lord, you've given me this people and this family and this body and on and on and on. And so I'm going to stick to unity. That's your way, Lord. We want your commanded blessing. Maybe we need to be like the spider tonight and cry out, Lord, help me to weave something divine. And we all need that. In your business, you need to weave something divine. In your education, you need to weave something divine. In your church life, in your spiritual life, you need to weave something divine. In your art, in your music, whatever it is, in your writing, you need to weave something divine. We don't want to weave out of our own means, but we weave with divine thread, the divine thread of the Lord. And it's nothing short of divine art. I trust you can receive this revelation tonight because it's powerful. And I feel like saying tonight to everybody, because we can all feel like this sometimes no matter who we are. We look at our own self and we think we're little. We're not much. But like these creatures with God and with these principles, great things great things, great things. The impact that we can have. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift this up. We're calling on fire. On your holy fire, Lord. Come on, just surrender your life tonight and we'll close in prayer in a moment.